Now today we are in part three of our series, Choose Joy. And uh, through this series, we've talked about uh, just that, making the choice. We've got to choose joy. And, and uh, in week one, we talked about the divine order of joy, that, that you have to make a life-changing choice to put Jesus first, then others, and then yourself. And in, in the last week, Pastor Caleb talked about uh, how, how sin will rob us of our joy. You have to make a choice to choose purity, a daily choice, because you can't be guilty and happy at the same time. Can I get a witness? And then today, we're going to conclude it. We're going to wrap it all up. Uh, with the sacrificial choice. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that in a moment. But I want to revisit our, uh, our theme verse real quick in James chapter 1. Um, it says this, um, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. And to James, um, we say to you, James, you're crazy, bro. <laughs> you're, what are you talking about? Consider it joy. So consider it joy when you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. It's almost, it's almost like a question. Because you, you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance, right? You, you know that. And, and I think we do, but we, we don't like to admit it sometimes. And he says, what we ought to do is let perseverance, okay, let, let it give us the ability to keep going. In other words, let perseverance finish its work so that we can be mature and complete. And I think that's what God wants for us. That's what I want for us. That's what I want for me, that we would be complete and mature and not lack anything. And, and that, that's a verse that I think we can really hang on to over these next several weeks. Really continue to let it work inside of us. But then Isaiah chapter 61, it's another verse that we've seen a couple times here in the, in the series. It's where Jesus kind of announces um, his Messiahship, uh, he quotes this verse and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach good news. But then he, he keeps going, he quotes it. Uh, and in verse 3 of Isaiah 61, it says, He's anointed me to give them the oil of joy for mourning. To give the oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise. Come on, somebody. The garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know how you believe or how you feel about this, but I believe there's a spirit of heaviness on our land right now. I believe there's a spirit of heaviness. We know there's a natural heaviness. You might call it depression or anxiety, but the Bible is very clear. In the same way there's the Holy Spirit, there are evil spirits, and one of those is a spirit of heaviness that just tries to move right on in and, and take over, tries to rob us of joy. And so you may think that sounds crazy, right? But you've got to understand there's a real battle going on. There's a real heaven. There's a real hell. There's a real devil. There's a real God. There's a real battle going on with angels and demons. And I just believe that this is a season right now where the enemy has unleashed a spirit of heaviness like never before. And so I want to talk about what do we do about it then? I mean, how do we how do we how do we put on this 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 garment of praise and and let, let's first really let, let's just define it, okay? Let's define what what this garment of praise is. Uh, 
it, sa it says garment, and, and I, want you to, I want you to remember what a garment is. A garment is something you have to decide to put on every single day. Like, like every day, you decide you're going to put on some underwear. Right? I hope you do, right? Uh, every day, you, you decide you're going to put on a garment when you walk out of the house. You're going to put on a shirt. You're going to put on a jacket. You're going to put on a, uh, um, uh, some, some shorts. You're going to wear some shoes. You're going to put that on. You make a choice every day to do that. And you might say, well, Pastor Ben, I don't feel like praising today. I, I just don't, I don't feel, I don't like this song. I don't. I, don't, I wish we were in person, right? I don't like this online stuff, but listen to me. Choices lead. Feelings follow. You, you may not feel it right now, but you've got to make a choice that you're going to go that direction. You're going to lead that way. And, and here's what I believe. One moment in the presence of God can change everything. See, the, the evidence of the spirit of heaviness is all around. You, you've got... You've got depression, anxiety, fear, worry, addictions, suicide. They're at all-time levels post-COVID. Like, like they're soaring through the roof right now. Come on, that's a spirit of heaviness. But God, listen to me, but God has given us the solution. Put on a garment of praise. Put on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Your joy is my strength alone, my strength alone. Your joy is my strength. So listen, I, I, I don't want to talk about praise today because I feel like we need more excitement in our services, right? That's not what it's about. But, but when you put on a garment of praise, something, something changes. Can I say it like we say it in East Tennessee? Something changes. When you put on the garment of praise, it lifts a burden. When you put on a garment of praise, you begin to feel the load lighten. When you put on the garment of praise, you, in fact, you may be watching this morning, you may be sad or bitter or hurt or anxious or depressed, and you logged on to City Hope Online today, but when you put on the garment of praise, when you, when you, when you get the focus off of yourself and onto God, it changes everything. Changes everything. So, when I was growing up, I, I thought praise was the fast music and worship was the slow music. Anybody else out there? And, and that's not, it's not always true. I mean, sometimes it just so happens to be that. But it's, that's not the real definition. It's not that praise is fast and worship is slow. That's not it. But I do think that a lot of people are way more comfortable with worship music than they are praise music. Like, like they're comfortable with worship because it's between you and God, right? It's a little bit softer, maybe. Maybe it's not so in your face like some of the, the praise music that we have. But listen, I want to tell you something. We need both. We need praise and worship. So let me define what is praise. Well, well we praise God for what He's done. Well, what's He done, Pastor Ben? Well, He saved us. He redeemed us. He restored us. He made us new. He gave us life. He gave us hope. He gave us liberty. He gave us everything that we need. We praise Him for what He's done, for what He's doing, and for what He is going to do. Come on, somebody. He ain't finished yet. We praise Him for what He's done, what He's doing, what He'll do. But we worship Him for who He is. We worship Him because He's my Savior. He's my Lord. He's my peace. He's my joy. He's, he's, my, 
He's my sanctifier. He's my shepherd. He's my restorer. He's my healer. He's my hope. He's my joy. We, we praise Him for who He is. So think about it this way, that praise is horizontal. Okay? Praise is, is, is it's this way. Like, we're not really singing to God in praise. We're singing about God and to each other. So we might sing a song like, Who is like our God, strong in battle? And man, notice that. The language is, is not up, it's out. It's to somebody. So you may be coming across somebody who's dealing with something at home and maybe they've got some family issues and you just say, Hey, I know you're going through some things at home, but let me remind you, who is like you following me? Or maybe you know somebody who they've got the coronavirus and, and they're dealing with some things in their health and, and, and they're a little bit frustrated with what's going on in life right now. And you just remind them, who is like our God? Or maybe you're dealing with something at work and you're, you're not sure whether your job's going to be there at the end of the month and somebody just comes alongside you and they remind you, who is like our God? And they just lift you up. Praise reminds us of what God has done, what He's doing, and what He's going to do. Come on, somebody. He's not finished yet. It's horizontal. And worship, on the other hand, is, is vertical. It's, it's, it's me to God. Worship is, is me to God. It's a little bit more private. It's, it's, it's a, an intimate time between me and the Lord. And so we're not focused on other people here in worship. Uh, we're focused on an intimate moment with God. And, and I, I just want to take a minute to say that that's why you don't, you, you don't see at City Hope, you don't see outbursts of um, people drawing attention to themselves during worship. B because what's that doing? It's taking the focus off of God and putting it on a person. You know, and we just don't do that, right? Because the focus is always, it's it, it always has been about God, it always is about God, and it will always be about God. And so we don't ever want to take the focus off of God and put it on ourselves. We just, we're just not going to do that. It's a distraction. We, we just don't want to do that. Let me say it this way. Worship is a response. Okay. Um, so God says, I love you. I have a plan for your life. I have a destiny for you. I, I, I want to do great things in you. And you go, God, you love me? God, you, you gave your life for me? Well, God, I love you and I want to give my life for you. I want to live for you. That's the response. See, if worship is a response, then praise is a choice. Praise is a choice. And if we will be the people, listen to me, church, if we will become the people who choose to praise God, who choose to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. If we'll put on that garment of praise, I'm telling you right now, the spirit of heaviness has no authority in your family, has no authority in your home, and that anxiety, that depression, that addiction, that fear, that sadness, that worry, that doubt, that condemnation, that guilt, it has to go in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. I believe it. It has to go. Man, I hope y'all are clapping where you at because I'm fired up today. I'm preaching. I, don't, I, don't, I was going to say I'm preaching better than y'all are amening, but honestly, I don't know. I don't know. So that's a little bit about what praise is. Praise is we, we praise God for what He's done, what He's doing, what He will do. We praise Him for that. We worship Him for who He is. But now I want to I talk real quick about 
uh, just kind of give you some, some vision, some why. Like, why is it so important that we praise? You're talking about this garment of praise, Pastor Ben. Why? Why do I need the, the, this garment of praise? Number one, if you're taking notes, you just write this down. Number one is praise focuses on God, not me. Praise focuses on God, not me. So, so the reason praise works is because it takes our eyes off of me, myself, and I, and it puts them on Jesus, right? It reminds us that if He's done it before, He can do it again. Boy, if He helped them, if He rescued them, if He delivered them, if He took care of them, then I believe it. By God, He can do it for me too. Come on. He can do it for me. But here's the, here's the problem. We're a selfie generation. Right, with, with the selfie generation, I, I don't even want to look at that on, on video. I can't even imagine what that looks like. <laughs> but, but listen, I want to be clear. God, God absolutely cares about you, but it's not all about you. Can I say that again? God cares about you, but it ain't all about you. It's not all about me. Let me say it this way. You can have it your way. Or you can have it God's way, but you can't have it both ways. You don't, it, you, don't, you don't get to do that, right? And if you'll take your attention off of you, off of what you're dealing with, off of what you're going through, you're going to find, hey, your problems, all, all, all of that, they may still be there, but you're going to have some joy in the middle of it. Come on, somebody. We can sit around and we can, we can mope. And we can moan and we can be poor, pitiful me. Or we can log on to City Hope Church today. We can sing. We can lift our hands in the living room. We can shout the praise of God right where you are to a God who has something good lined up for us. And, and we're going to see a victory. Come on, somebody. I'm going to see a victory. Voy a la victoria. Man, I'm going to see that victory. Are you all with me today? Like, I'm going to take... My eyes off of me put them on God. Psalm 50, 23 says, Those who sacrifice thank offerings. Those who sacrifice. We're talking about the sacrificial choice. Honor God. So we have to be sure that we, what we do on Sunday, when we gather together in person for church on a Sunday, that the music, the praise, the worship, it's never about us. It's about God. Amen? Number two, praise reminds me of the eternal, not the temporal. The eternal, not the temporal. See, when we praise, we start saying things that sometimes, like, like we, it seems like they're not true. Right? Maybe, maybe you're so wrapped up in the temporal. You're so wrapped up in what you've been through this morning, uh, watching this message, that it, you, you feel like the words are too good to be true. So we're up here singing, I'm going to see a victory, I'm going to see a victory, for the battle belongs to you, Lord. And you go, man, I just beat my kids. They, they spilled milk all over the place. I had to yell at my husband because he didn't clean it up because he's still in the bed and he hadn't, and he, you know, and, and I'm, I didn't get showered in time and all of this. And you feel like, I don't know if I can see a victory. I don't know if I'm going to be able to see that and if you're not careful, you'll, you'll, you'll stop singing it because you don't believe it. 
because the temporary. Oh, pastor, man, I lost my cool. I'm not walking in victory. It's, you know, the temporary will get you down if you let it. So here's the thing. You have to look at God's perspective. Look from God's point of view. You have to pay attention to where you're going, not where you are. Come on, somebody. It may not be working out right now, but it will work out because God is for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? Come on. He's going to see you through. I believe it. So we have to sing about the eternal, not just the temporal. That's what the old timers did. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't mean to offend anybody. When I say old timers, I just mean anybody, probably my age or older, that you, you grew up singing some hymns in church. You grew up singing, I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away. Come on, it was, they were looking for eternity. They were looking for the eternal when I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly. They were looking forward to, to eternity because the temporary, they knew it wasn't going to be like this forever. So we've got to sing about the eternal. And, and Paul lets us in on a secret in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. You can turn with me in your Bibles. Chapter 4, verse 8 and 9 and, and 17 through 18 says, I want you to notice this. Okay, this is the same guy, same Paul, who last week Pastor Caleb told us he was shipwrecked, he was beaten five times with 39 lashes, he was stoned, not recreationally, um, but he was ship, shipwrecked, he was, he was snake-bitten, like all of these things happened to Paul. Lived in prison for, for the better part of the, uh, the end of his life, and, and, and he says, we're hard-pressed on every side. Got COVID going on over here, school at home, homeschooling, school in person, uh, might be getting laid off. I'm hard pressed on every side, but I'm not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, I'm not abandoned. Struck down, I ain't fitting to be destroyed. I'm not destroyed, right? So how do you get to that place? Paul, tell us, how, how do you get to that place and he says it this way. He says, for he listen, he calls them light and momentary troubles. Everything that he faced, he said, it's light and it's momentary. It's achieving for us an eternal glory that is way better than this temporary stuff I'm dealing with right now. Then is better than now. Come on. And he has this discipline I think we need to practice. This discipline to fix my eyes. On things above fix my eyes not on what is seen not on what I can look at not on a paycheck not on a doctor's report not on a report card fix my eyes on what is unseen why why Paul why pastor Ben because what what you see is temporary what you see can change like that but what is unseen is eternal and it's our hope it's the hope that we have so we focus on eternity. Praise is optimistic. Praise says, hey, it's going gonna, it's gonna to work out. I don't, I don't know how, but I know this. God is faithful. God is strong. God has never let me down. It's going to be okay. Praise is powerful. Come on, somebody. Number three. Third thing is this. Praise is outward, not inward. 
So think about it this way. Praise is expressive. Have you, have you ever maybe uh, seen somebody in praise and worship and you thought to yourself, man, they're just going overboard. What's up with them, man? What's, what's their deal? They've probably come to know that praise is expressive. And I know some of you are like, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Do you know why they asked the question, where? Where? Down in my heart. It's because we need to see it on your face, right? We need to see some joy on your face. We need you to get the joy from your heart. We need you to get it on your face and in your hands and in your feet and, and, and where you serve and what you do. We need you, we need you to get that joy into your actions. Come on, somebody. Get that joy out of your heart and into your, your actions, into your life. Praise is expressive. And in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15 says that through Jesus, let us continually offer God. Here's, here's the phrase for today. A sacrifice of praise. Say that with me. Sacrifice of praise. The, the fruit of lips that openly profess His name. Now, um, notice that it says sacrifice of praise. That we, we, don't, we don't always feel like praising God, right? Kind of we, we want to do things that make us feel good, right? But I want you to understand something. That a sacrifice of praise isn't praising God when you don't feel like it, it's, it's actually giving God your best. Giving God your best praise. Now, if, if we'll make the sacrifice of praise to God, you're going to find joy on your worst days. You'll find joy on your worst days. So, uh, we're calling this last message of the series, The Sacrificial Choice. And that's because praise is often a sacrifice. So often something we don't feel like doing, we don't want to do, but every time requires our best. And listen to me, there are days when your best is better than other days. I, I get it. I understand that. But I want to take a look at a scripture in the New Testament. It's about Jesus, Luke 19, in the message paraphrase. It's the story of the triumphant entry. The triumphant entry is when Jesus came into Jerusalem riding on a cult. He, uh, a cult. He fulfilled a prophecy that that would happen. And uh, verse 37 here says that right at the crest where Mount Olives begins its descent, the whole crowd of disciples burst into enthusiastic praise. All right, Over what, Pastor? What, what were they praising about? Over the mighty works? Over what He had done? <laughs> over blind eyes being opened? Over deaf ears uh, heard? Over captives being released and and the the crowd they were they were shouting and they were they were waving palm branches and it says blessed is he who comes the king in god's name all's well in heaven glory in the highest and then it wraps up by saying some of the pharisees from the crowd they they saw this they didn't like it and they told him they said hey teacher you need to get your disciples under control that's not cool. You know that's not right. And, and so the, the religious leaders are telling Jesus, you, you know, they're out of line. They're saying that you're the Messiah. Hey, 
You need to put them in their place, Jesus. And listen to me, the enemy doesn't want you praising. He, does, he, he wants to keep you in control so that you don't have joy. Come on. He wants to keep you in control so you don't find joy. But Jesus said, hey, if they keep quiet, the very stones will praise in their place. They will shout the praise. So Jesus said, what they're doing is a normal reaction. It is perfectly normal for them to respond this way because their lives have been changed. They've seen the work. They've seen what I've done. They've seen the hand of God. It's okay for them to praise like that. So today, what I want to do is kind of get outside the box a little bit. And, and I want to give you some, some Hebrew words about praise. Uh, I don't always um, do this, but today I, I, I want to give you seven Hebrew words. And, and, and you know that the Bible is written in Hebrew or in, in Greek. Uh, why wasn't it written in English? Because it didn't happen in an English-speaking country. It happened in uh, Israel, the Middle East. It happened over there. And so it's written in those languages. Well, uh, Hebrew is actually a very expressive language. It's very um, poetical, uh, pictorial. So, so, for example, one word in English could be four words or maybe even phrases or sentences in Hebrew. Um, sometimes it, it might take paragraphs to describe uh, in Hebrew one English word. We have the word love. We have the word praise. And praise appears all through the Psalms, but there's actually seven different Hebrew words for praise through the Psalms. And, and we're going to take a look at that today. In fact, there's, uh, for, for, for Hebrew, um, there's actually four times more Hebrew words than English words. So you can kind of get a picture there. Well, the largest book of the Bible is, is uh, the book of Psalms. It's 150 chapters, and it's all about praise, 100% about praise. Um, and, and we can learn a lot about praise just by going to this book. So I'm going to give you seven different Hebrew words for praise and how we can choose joy in the middle of it, all right? Number one, if you're taking notes, it's the word halal, okay? Halal, H-A-L-E-L. That's where we get the word hallelujah. The, the, the last part, ya, is reference to God. That's to God, halal. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That's what the word means. But, but Hallel uh, literally means to rave, boast, celebrate, to, to be clamorously foolish. <laughs> now, now, I, what does that sound like to you? To, to me, that kind of sounds like Saturday afternoons in the state of Texas and Oklahoma. Come on, somebody. College Football is king, right? It, it, it sounds like that. It's, it's the reason why people drive hours to get to their favorite football stadium. They will walk miles to get to the gate. They will spend hours tailgating before or after. They'll spend thousands on tickets to get there so they can rave, boast, celebrate, and, <laughs> and be clamorously foolish for a bunch of college kids who don't even know their name, Right? Am I preaching this morning? Psalm 35, 18 says it this way. It says, I will thank you in front of the great assembly. I will hallel you. In other words, I will rave, boast, celebrate, and be clamorously foolish before all people. I'm just going to go nuts. So I can tell you 
God's a whole lot better than your football team. Yeah, God's a whole lot better than, than, than that stadium or that experience that you can get. He, he's done a whole lot more for us, and He's way more worthy of praise than they are. Come on, somebody. Hallel. I'm going to praise. That's why we do it on Sunday morning. We, get, we, we rave. We, we boast. We celebrate. Sometimes we get clamorously foolish for what He's done for us. Number two, the second Hebrew word is yada, Y-A-D-A-H, yada, not Yoda, not, not the little green guy, right? But uh, yada, and, and it just means this, to acknowledge in public. Well, Pastor, I'm going to puff my lip out because I just envision people like that sometimes. You know, Pastor, my faith is it's just a private matter between me and the Lord. It's just private. And, and I would say, man, that is fine and dandy, but not biblical. It's, it's just not biblical. I mean, God calls you to acknowledge Him in public. That, that, would, be, that would be like if every time I left the house I said, Now, baby, uh, I, know, I know we're married and everything, and I love you, but... Uh, I'm, I'm going to go out for a little bit, and I got you in my heart. You know, I got you in my heart, but I'm going to leave this here at home, and I'm just going to go out for a little bit because, you know, I just, I'd rather keep our relationship private. Uh, I, just, I really don't want, I don't want other people to know about it. Come on, somebody. Don't you know if I did that, I would have black eyes. I would be black and blue. My goodness. Annalisa, she ain't going to take that too nice, right? Listen to me. God's no different. Jesus said if we can't acknowledge Him, He can't acknowledge us. So I'm, I'm going to yada Him in public. Uh, Psalm 138, 1 says, I will yada you. I'll praise you. I will acknowledge you in public with all my heart. Man, I'm not going to be embarrassed anymore. I'm not going to be bashful. I, I, I'm not going to worry about what somebody says. I'm going all in, Jesus. Number three, Barack, spelled like it sounds, uh, like President Obama, B-A-R-A-K, Barack. And, and uh, it, it just means to bless by kneeling or bowing. Now, this is really a, an attitude more than physically doing it. It's, it's a posture. Certainly, you can, you can bow physically, kneel physically, but it's an attitude even more than, than doing it. It's, it's the attitude of your heart. To bless means to give somebody something you haven't already given them, that they don't already have. So to bless the Lord means, God, I'm going to give you some things in my life I haven't given to you yet. Some things maybe I've been holding back. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to give it to you, Lord. I'm going to give you my everything. I'm going to give you my all. And in Psalm 103, 1, it says, Barak the Lord, blessed by kneeling or bowing. Oh, my soul, all my inmost being." Praise His holy name. Number four, Zamar or Zamar, Z-A-M-A-R, means making music to God with strings. Preacher, I, you know, I was wondering why y'all got that uh, them guitars and, you know, all that, all that fancy stuff up there at your church. Man, what y'all doing that for? Well, because um, God likes it. It's in the Bible. Uh, so that's why we do it. Like God likes it. Psalm 92.1 says, 
It is good to zamar the Lord, to make music, to incorporate stringed instruments. It's good to do that, O Most High. And in the very last chapter of Psalm, uh, chapter 190, it says, Praise Him with the tambourine and dancing. And I know what some of you are thinking. Now, I'm good. Uh, I'm good with praising Him, Pastor, but uh, I don't know about the tambourine. And I'll be honest with you. Uh, If you bring your tambourine to church, we'll probably confiscate that because that's probably really good for you to do privately. (laughs) But... But dancing, man, some of you, it, it would just be so good for you to get your feet off the floor a little bit. You would have so much joy in your life if you went from a toe tap to just a little, a little bounce, to a little jump in place, right? You, it would just do you some good to, to praise, to dance. And, and, you know, I went to a church. I grew up in a church that, man, we danced in church, but we didn't dance outside of church. You know what I'm saying? We, we didn't dance outside of church. In, in fact, I'll say it this way. Uh, they didn't really believe in premarital sex because they believed it would lead to dancing. <laughs> it's not, not true, but it's funny, though. It's funny. Um, I grew up in church. We danced in church. And then there is some joy. There's, there's just something about it. Sometimes you might see me on the front row just bouncing a little bit. Just I, I really cannot, I, I can't help but praise Him for what He's done. Number five, Shabbat. Shabbat. It's to address in a loud tone or to shout. And this is why, this word is why when your team wins, when your team scores a touchdown, you don't just go, that was nice. They really did. They really did a marvelous job. It was was really nice. Man, you don't do that. When your team scores... Man, you're, you're coming up out of the recliner. Your hand's in the air. Your fist's bumping. Man, when, 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 when your team wins, you go bananas, right? It's the same thing when you see somebody that you haven't seen in a long time. You don't, you don't go, sure is nice to see you. Hope I hope you're doing good. No, man, when you see somebody you haven't seen in a while, you go crazy. You're screaming, you're yelling, you're hugging, you're, you're high-fiving, and man, you're so glad to see them. You go crazy when you, when you see them. And, and Can I just ask, why? why is it normal for us to do that to everybody else but not to God? Why, why is it normal for us to treat other people that way but not God? And listen to me, I'm not going to give, I'm not going to give a bunch of college-age kids on a football field throwing a pigskin who don't even know my name. I'm not going to give them more praise than I would a God who saves me. Come on, somebody. I'm, I'm not going to give them more praise than the one who gave his life for me. Come on. I'm just not going to do it. So Psalm, Psalm 63 says, Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will shabak. I'm going to loudly praise you. I'm going to shout to you as long as I live. And in your name, I'm going to lift up my hands. Number six, toda. Toda, T-O-W-D-A-H. Toda means to lift hands in adoration. It's where we get hand raising from in church. And uh, 
if, if you want a good laugh after this, go uh, Google Tim Hawkins hand raising and just just watch it's, it's funny it's, it's just a great illustration of of how we are in church sometimes the different postures of raising hands but listen god likes it when we raise hands god god likes it when we lift our hands to him psalm 50 23 says he who offers toda glorifies me he who raises his hands in adoration glorifies me and to him that orders his conversation to write, will I show the salvation of God? All right. Number seven is tequila. Not tequila. All right. I didn't say tequila. Tequila. Uh, and I know what some of you are thinking. Man, I have found my word. I found my verse, baby. <laughs> um, it's, it's not the same, but it does have a similar result. And that is exuberant singing <laughs> all right tequila and tequila have a very similar result exuberant singing uh, psalm 34 says i will extol the lord at all times his tequila will always be on my lips come on truth is this listen listen truth is god loves it when we praise him he loves it and I think if you're honest with yourself, you do too. You do too. So I want to ask, I want to close up with this. What's, what's the Holy Spirit saying to you today? That's, that's the big question for you. What's He saying to you? What's He whispering to your heart? And right now, I just have to believe that there's many people watching online right now, and you are worn out. Man, you're, you're in a spirit of heaviness, not a garment of praise. Maybe you're dealing with some depression, some anxiety or fear or worry, and there's maybe there's some marriage or family issues. And I'll be honest with you, um, this past Thursday was one of those days for us. Um, I woke up on Thursday with a fever, body aches, um, had a headache. And so knowing my position here at the church, I, I decided um, I'd go to the doctor. Um, we were actually supposed to have a guest speaker this, this weekend. Pastor Jason Parks, who's one of our overseers, was supposed to speak today. And, and then my pastor, Jerry Lawson, was going to speak at our very first first Wednesday. And we're um, just going to have a great time of having them in, hosting them. And so I wanted to go to the doctor, make sure everything was okay. Um, and they did multiple tests. They did COVID. They did um, uh, a strep test. And they did the flu test. And every one of them came back negative. Well, Thursday afternoon when Annalise came home from, from work, uh, she had some of the same symptoms I did. And, and so we went together to the doctor. I took her to the doctor. And um, she tested positive for COVID-19. I can't tell you what a just a crushing blow that was. That, you know, so much goes through your mind um, and, and, and you start thinking, man, wh where did I get it? How, how did I get it? I feel like I've been uh, wearing a mask and, and all these things and, and certainly not the report we were looking for. Um, and then you begin to deal with the, the, 
the, the health department and the, the others who tell you, oh, you've got to be in quarantine for at least 14 days. And then they tell you that your kid's quarantine doesn't start until, until um, you have no more symptoms. So that could be days or it could be weeks. You, you never know. And there's all this stuff going through your mind. And then, and then in, in ways you feel ostracized and you, you feel like, man, there's something wrong with me. I've, I, I, I've done something to, like, like I'm, I'm treated this way or I'm looked upon this way because I, I, I contracted this illness and so much going through your minds. And, and right there in the, um, in the waiting room at the doctor's office, <laughs> I, I said something to Annalise that she really didn't want to hear in the moment. And it was, consider it pure, <laughs> pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, and she even said to me, I don't want to hear that right, right now. And, and I know that she's, she's come to find some joy since then, but listen to me. Here, here's why I'm telling you that. Um, I'm sharing a little bit of our vulnerability, a little bit of our story with you, because the only part of life that we can control is our response. That's the only part. You can choose joy. Listen to me. You can't always control what happens to you, but you can control how you respond. And for some of you today, for many of you today, you need to respond by choosing joy. That's it. Choose joy. And so if you would, just, just bow your heads with me. I know, I know you're in your own home. You're watching online. Just, just kind of, just kind of hear me for a minute. That maybe there's those of you here today that watching online that you really need to make a sacrificial choice today. You, you, you need to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of despair. You don't feel like it, you don't want to, but it's a choice you're going to have to make. Or maybe for those of you here today, it's it's time for you to to make a choice to live a pure life that you've been. You've been involved in some sin. You've been involved in some things that are robbing you of your joy. You can't live happy and guilty at the same time. And so you need to make a choice today. And if that's you, if you're here online, you're watching online and you say, Pastor Ben, I need to make some choices today. I need to choose joy. Uh, what I would love for you to do right now is just uh, heart emoji or uh, uh, in, in some way just begin to let us know that we can we can pray for you right now. So Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now over every person watching online, over every person who's tuned in, those who need joy right now, those who are dealing with struggles and difficulties, those who are dealing with, with depression and guilt and worry and fear and anxiety, and they're dealing with sin issues, and they're dealing with some, some, some garment of praise issues. It's hard for them to put on this choice right now. God, I pray right now that you'd deliver them, that you'd set them free, that you would make a difference, that you'd push back the darkness, that you'd push back every lie of the enemy and give them hope. And Lord, a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, the oil of joy for, for mourning right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you for that. I thank you for that, Father. And right now, with your heads bowed, your eyes still closed, you're watching online. And, and you need to make a life-changing decision today. You need to make a life-changing decision to put Jesus first. That Jesus is, He's not first in your life. He is, He's somewhere on the list. And that means He's not even on the list at all because He's not at the top. 
And today you need to make a decision to put Him first. And then you feel like you're far from Him. And the only way that, that things are going to get better is if you begin and you start a relationship with Jesus Christ today. And so if that's you right now, I want you to just repeat this prayer after me. You're ready to give your life to Jesus. I want you to say, Jesus, I'm sorry for putting other things before you. Will you forgive me? Will you cleanse me? Will you give me a fresh start? A new beginning? A clean slate? I give my life to you today. I give my life to you today and from this day forward I will follow you the best that I know how. I am yours and you are mine. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen.